Hey, Bitch Talkers. Uh, Like we said in the last episode, we are flashing back this week because two of the films that we actually really, really, really loved at Sundance 2021 are coming out this week. Um, The last one, if you didn't listen to it yet, uh, it's called We're All Going to the World's Fair. It's a psychological thriller. This one is called Marvelous in the Black Hole. And you'll hear us talk with Kate Sang, who's the director, and she's actually a Bay Area native, and actors Rhea Perlman, maybe you heard of her. Cheers, anyone? And Mia Check. The film comes out today in select theaters near you, so please, please, please check it out. It will totally make your heart smile. Um, we've been thinking about this film for the last year and how much we loved it, so we're so glad it's finally being released on bigger platform. And again, if you're feeling safe enough to go out to a theater, go support um, these films. It takes a lot of people and a lot of time and a lot of marketing and a lot of talking to finally get these out. So please, please, please go out there and support these two films, Marvelous in the Black Hole, and also we're all going to the World's Fair. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear... Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Welcome to Sundance 2021 with Bitch Talk Podcast and Films Gone Wild. I'm your host, Angela Tabora, with my partner in crime, Aaron Lim. And we are talking about Marvelous and the Black Hole. I'm just going to clap right now. I'm yeah, clapping. We love, oh, my God. So much love we're about to give you guys. Uh, we are sitting here with director, writer, Kate Sang, and our lead talents, Mia Check and Rhea Perlman. So thank you for being here so much, all of you. We're so excited. Thank you. So we want to start uh, with Kate. We'd love to have you talk about your film and, and how this came about. Yeah. So Marvelous in the Black Hole is a coming-of-age film about a teenage delinquent played by Mia Check who befriends a kid's magician played by Rhea Perlman, who helps her navigate her dysfunctional family life and inner demons with the help of sleight of hand magic. And the film touches on grief, unlikely friendships, and is a joyful celebration of resilience. It's loosely, or not loosely, but it's inspired by my relationship with my grandfather. And it's the film I wish I had when I was growing up and still want to see now. Yes, 100%. I, I have to say from the second it started, I, I was smiling throughout the entire film. And as soon as it was over, I wanted to watch it again. I mean, this is just really, just really hit home. And, and you talk about you, you never saw representation. You know, we're all in that same boat. And finally, I, I felt seen. I felt heard by this story. And, and I wanted to know, Kate, um, what was it like directing a film that's so personal, that's so intimate to you? Um, it felt, you know, it was born from, as I said, a place of wanting to be seen. And so it felt like a relief to finally get to tell the story and honor that I got to tell the story with such amazing artists as well. It's, um, yeah, there was just this, feeling that I needed to get it out there. And that was the, the main thing driving it. 
And um, Mia, you play such, I mean, to me, a badass teenager. Was it, um, <laughs> I mean, sure, she's a little troubled, but she's she's going through it. But was it was it hard to find that inner badass or is that something that uh, is just there for you? You know, surprisingly, to my surprise, it was not hard. <laughs> I feel like when Kate and I first talked about like what Sammy um kind of what her character would be like who she is what those layers are we kind of um kind of sorted that out and we kind of figured out that it was coming from a place of um of hurt and and frustration and that feeling of loss and grief and we kind of figured that out at the beginning so it was kind of easy to put it in kind of like put myself in that in that place and kind of just let it out into into the world (laughs) So surprisingly, it wasn't hard. It was definitely not as hard as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and Kate, actually, Kate really helped me out. She, We talked about the script. We talked about um, the layers of the character, like I said. And also we talked about what like what our relationship was with her mother, who she lost early in the year. And that was kind of where we figured out that, that sense of hurt, that sense of loss, and that kind of uh, loneliness and frustration that that anger was coming from. Yeah, it must have helped. You're allowed to be a rebel. You're like, just go crazy, you know, as a kid, you're never told you can. So, so good on you. That's awesome. And and for, for Rhea, how did you get a hold of this story? And, and, you know, through your illustrious career, how did you decide this was the role for you? And I also want to know if you knew any magic prior to this. But. Yes, that seemed very natural. <laughs> really? Oh, that's the yes. compliment I could get because I knew zero <laughs> magic. And it was really, really difficult to learn, but fun because I had an amazing magic coach, um, this famous woman magician, uh, Akela Drescher, who was so patient with me. And she would do me videos in slow motion, backwards, forwards. I mean, it was just amazing, amazing. Um, And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the movie because it just seemed so completely different and out of my um, you know, sphere of work at all, you know, and, um, uh, and it came to me just really like out of the blue, like magic. (laughs) (laughs) I got a phone call one day from a friend, a mutual friend of me and Kate, we didn't know each other, but he said, my friend Kate, um, is, is doing this movie and she wants you to be in it. Do it, do it. (laughs) okay okay and I was about to call my agent when he sent me the script and I immediately loved it I I loved it and I saw Kate's short film she had done for for Tribeca and um it was it's such a great film if you haven't seen her short you know I knew she was incredibly talented I didn't know Mia yet but she told me she was incredibly talented and I just um you know fell right in. I, I love the story. I love the storyline of just this unlikely friendship. And, and it really is an important message that everybody has something to teach us, no matter what your age is. So I, I'd love to talk about uh, with with Mia and, and Rhea, how, how you formed that bond and that unity before before filming, because it's just you have such a great rapport on screen. Um, well, you know, we, we work together at my house, um, mostly on the magic and just in general talking. And we went 
all of us, Kate included, and, and Carol and the producer, we went to a magic show at the Magic Castle. And um, oh, was, yes. I want to go there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. You have yeah. to go there. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, it was a very bonding experience um, just before the movie even started. And and Mia, what was it like for you? Were you, were you familiar with with Ria's work and 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 what was it like working with a, a seasoned pro like that? <laughs> yeah, um, I had when I had seen Ria's name um, in the email, like they were like, "We want to practice magic with your co-star Ria Perlman." I was so elated, but also really nervous. I was nervous sighted because <laughs> oh, <laughs> because she's been such an iconic actress for such a long time and it was just like it felt like such an honor you know and then I was like super nervous and then when I when I met her it was like an immediate connection I felt that like I felt so I felt like that nervousness was all for nothing because she was like so easy to talk to and so easy to just be around and it kind of was like that immediate like kind of like a flow of energy that we kind of had and that was <laughs> yeah, she has really great energy. We got on set and like we shot a couple scenes together and I realized that she like really helps the flow of the scene because that's, that's something that's really helpful for both actors to kind of have a flow and a rhythm, especially when you're doing those scenes where it needs to be back and forth and back and forth. And that was just like really comfortable with Rhea. <laughs> yeah, and Kate, when you were writing this film, did you have Rhea Perlman in mind as a magician? It's just like the perfect fit. <laughs> It it really was magic. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm going there. It was so <laughs> perfect. Yeah, when I was writing the film, I knew that the character of Margot, in order, the person who would get through to Sammy, who's incredibly angry and walled up and closed off in a way, that person would also have to have some sort of, you know, experience with that kind of pain, like some grit, but also had warmth. And Rhea Perlman embodies those things so perfectly um, that, yeah, I feel incredibly lucky that, that her play Margot. And Kate, did you grow up, we've heard that you grew up in the Bay Area, is that true? In, yes. And, and Mia? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Kate, it felt um, a little oddly Berkeley-ish. And I don't know if that was on purpose or not. And Rhea's house, Margot's house, felt like Berkeley a hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely East Bay. It's like yep. nebulous East Bay. And I'm so glad <laughs> you picked up on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, want, I don't want it to see um, a place where I grew up, basically, in my family. And it, I'm so, it means a lot that you picked up the Bay Area vibes from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's something that that you did so well. Like, it's a universal story that everybody's going to be able to relate to, but it was also so specific for, for Aaron and I, like, like she said, it felt like it was from the Bay as an Asian American experience, but it's still so universal that anybody will watch this and, and really be touched by it. So you, you did a really beautiful job of just making everybody feel related to this film. Thank you so much. I do have to talk about the TP stealing. I mean, was this pre COVID? <laughs> Like, so topical. Yeah, that was like a <laughs> unexpected surprise um, in post when that happened. Because um, uh, this script had been written um, for several years before we ever shot it. And we shot it in the fall of 2019. 
Um, oh. <laughs> and that teepee was really like sort of a character indication or like a moment for me, you know, like Margot was this person who was very, you know, crafty and she'll like see an opportunity and take it. You know? um, it's also uh, inspired by one of my uh, classmates when we were in NYU and we were like students who couldn't, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, I did that in college. I totally did that in college. I'm you would sorry. see the TP card out <laughs> and then you take a couple rolls and go That's home. So funny. I went, when the pandemic happened and the toilet paper thing happened immediately, and uh, it was like that, it made sense for me for the first time, really, why this character had this obsession with stealing that. <laughs> yeah. She had gone through a time in her past life, in her early life, where she didn't have much. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, not to tell people the whole story and everything, but, um, you know, so of course that makes sense, like something that you've gone through and then it's just like you have to just in case, you just got to take some just in case that happens again. And there, and then it did a few months later. Yeah, you seem like a natural stealing it, Rhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you you taking were you taking notes, Mia, from this film? Like, oh, okay, this is good. These are good tricks of the trade, you know, how to survive in this world. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. We we had actually Rhea, am I, correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't really know why she stole toilet paper. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, there's no particular answer. And then I, you know, and so, and that's okay because sometimes you just have to make it up yourself or you yeah. just do it because it's in the script, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the tray. You just do it. Um, but, you know, really then it totally made sense to me when, um, when the pandemic started. We yeah. Done that. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that really, uh, stands out and, and stuck with me is just the idea of grief and, and how it takes many different forms. And everybody deals with it in, in so many different ways. There's not one right way to do it, uh, especially now. You know, everybody's dealing with some sort of loss on, on many different levels. Um, so, um, Kate, can you talk about your process in, in, in talking about grief and, and making it okay to, for it to look like different things? Yeah, um, so the theme of grief came about um, inspired by my experience, like going through divorce as a young kid between my parents and having to bounce between their homes back and forth, um, the Bay Area and Hong Kong. And it was such an isolating, depressing experience um, that was really hard on me. And it was only later on that I realized that you know, as an adult, my parents were also going through their own grief um, and their own processes of it, um, even though at the time, you know, I couldn't tell. And so it's it's sort of like a, a humane, loving way of looking at how my parents were experiencing this very traumatic period for me as well. Um, and also the, the storytelling aspect um, of this film is inspired by how when I was in Northern California and um, my grandfather came from Hong Kong to watch me as a kid, um, he could tell I was really struggling. 
and he saw me, he validated me, he became the friend and confident I needed. And at night, he would tell me these stories, um, tell me to go to sleep because I had really bad insomnia and then nightmares also when I actually fell asleep. So in order to help me go to sleep, he would tell me stories that I later realized as an adult that they were actually his own horrifying experiences with the Japanese occupation of Hong Kong that he had transformed into these cathartic fairy tales, fairy tales for my sake. And he taught me the power of transforming and channeling your pain into something beautiful and powerful. And that is the same lesson that Margot teaches Sammy. And before we wrap up, I do have to give you a shout out for that uh, never ending story callback. I loved, <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> the uh, flying bunny. That was one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for being on Bitch Talk, Kate, Mia, and Rhea. We love this film so much. So much. It's You're all magic. You're all so incredible. I'm going to watch it again today. <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> it's on our list for sure. Thank you. And good luck at Sundance. Thank, thank you, you so much. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. 